0: All we can be sure of is this. Zach Barry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. i love a good
2: train wreck.
3: Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I am your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. We are here once again to talk with you about recruiting. Almost specific, but we're going to talk a little bit more y'all know we like to do the uh, 30,000 foot view we're going to do a little bit of that talking NIL looking at the pros the cons how it can help certain programs like Ole Miss and how it can hurt certain prospects that potentially could return choose not to we'll get into all of that also second segment of the show today is going to be an interview with Thomas Morris of QB country he is uh One of the guys that runs it in Nashville and Memphis, he is Marcel Reed's quarterback coach. Marcel Reed committed to Ole Miss on Monday. We will talk about Reed's game, what Thomas Morris likes about him as a quarterback, as a player, person, all that good stuff. We will get into that in the second segment. But before we get there, Grayson, good afternoon. How are we doing?
2: We're doing well it's another beautiful day here in Nashville we're uh starting to turn our attention to when will matt Corral hear his name called it seems more like Friday than later tonight, but it'd be pretty fun if uh you know Corral's going to be there. They typically don't invite guys that they don't expect to go early yeah um to the nFL draft so it'd be nice if Corral heard his name called on the back end of Tonight's draft, um, I think more than likely we hear it early Friday, but nonetheless, it's pretty cool to uh, to see one of uh, the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback in all Miss history get the recognition he deserves on the next level.
3: Yeah, I was looking at some mocks yesterday and a little bit of free advertising here, Grayson. Um, I tell people all the time about the athletic and how great it is. And people are like, Oh, I'm not paying for that. Well, I, I, what is it now? Is it still like a dollar a month? Like it's ridiculous. The value that you get, I mean, maybe it's gone up, but it's not that much, but um, they released their big uh, the uh, Dane Brugler calls it the beast his NFL draft guide. And it is 288 pages and download it. And it's just got as in depth as you want to go into every prospect by, by position. Um, it's fantastic. But, um, looking at that yesterday, looking at, uh, some of the Ole Miss guys, they're going to be, um, you know, where they have them ranked. Um, Corral is ranked fourth on Bruegler's uh, big board for quarterbacks thinks his draft grade is going to be second or third round. Um, the latest that I saw the mock draft that I believe it's Matt Miller of ESPN did. I saw him going 40th to the Seahawks. Um, there's been some buzz, uh, you know, maybe the Falcons. Um, and who knows, man, the, the draft is always unpredictable. Somebody could trade up. Somebody could get, get a wild hair and want to make a run. And and at him early in the, in the first round, maybe mid to late first round. Um, i I don't know you know as well as I do because you cover it far more closely than I do in your day job but NFL GMs love like they they love they all love like frames that's all that it's like you gotta have a frame (laughs) and size yeah (laughs) um so I mean they just absolutely love looking at somebody like a Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter and just Oh, he's tall and, you know, all that good stuff, but, you know, corral, um, maybe not being as big as the other guys, but, um, I I mean, I still think weighing in at two twelve was big for him. And, um, you know, he's not going to blow you away with, with the hand size, but I mean, bigger than Kenny Pickett, bigger than Malik Willis, bigger than Sam Howell, bigger than Carson Strong. So, um, corral just seems like the guy where it's just like just turn on the tape don't worry about about what he looks like on a scale don't worry about what he looks like standing up against a wall with a tape measure or whatever just uh, you know the intangibles guy the uh the it factor all the cliches but um we'll be locked in Om spirit will have coverage so stay tuned in omspirit.com, part of on three.com but we're gonna kick off the show we're gonna talk some nil uh there was some Early, early, early breaking news this morning as we record this Thursday, 1220 p.m. Central Time. It was early this morning, but big news. I know people kind of moan and groan. We talk about basketball, but uh, it's big news. Um, The Grove Collective, um, the uh, I guess the on three or not on three, the the Ole Miss entity of NIL. um, They have come to an agreement and reached a deal with both Matthew Morrell and Deshaun Ruffin and Ladarius Tennyson as well, the uh, Auburn transfer that is on the football team, but two of probably the most important players on the roster for Kermit Davis and the Ole Miss basketball team for the 2022-2023 season. Making sure those guys stay, I don't think, and and I have it on pretty good authority, talking with people that are very close with Deshaun Ruffin, he was never thinking of leaving. Loves playing at Ole Miss. Um, loves playing for Kermit Davis. Uh, being around his his family at the Iverson Classic last year, they talked about how they 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 love Ole Miss, they love Oxford, they love being able to go see him play. I never thought that that was a question, but Matthew Morrell was absolutely being tampered with, and people were trying to get him to leave Ole Miss and to transfer somewhere. So that was big for Ole Miss to get those two guys to stick around, getting them – linked up with the Grove Collective was huge. And then again, uh, Ladarius Tennyson, another football guy, I mean, they are racking up the uh, the football players and getting them um, set up as they get ready for uh fall camp. But, um, but looking, we mentioned that 30,000 foot view big news the other day, Hunter Dickinson, the center for Michigan announced that uh, he was staying um, in Ann Arbor uh, yesterday. And um, basically pointed to NIL. Uh, you know, he said that, um, quote, with NIL, that door opened up to come back. So looking at, you know, you mentioned the draft. We were talking a little bit before we started and we hit record. Some guys will come back, like Hunter Dickinson, and will stay an extra year, put some money in their pocket, keep preparing for that next level. I thought that that was going to be a huge factor, and somebody like Chance Campbell may be coming back to Ole Miss. Putting some money in his pocket someone that's not a sure fire you know day one day two guy you said you've seen him going as early as the fourth round um i have heard either late six or seven undrafted free agent um but I think this is going to be another part of NIL that is going to change college athletics where we see it all the time. You know, I was at Marcel Reed's announcement on Monday, you know, when he does the announcement, you know, quote, I'm going to spend the next three or four years. You know, that's the thing that everybody says now it's never, I'm going to spend my next four years at X school. It's always three to four because they're looking towards the future. They're looking towards, where am I going next? When am I getting to the NFL? When am I getting to the NBA? Um, and, and I do think you're going to start to see some guys that stick around for four years because of NIL. And, and you see it with Hunter Dickinson. Um, and I, I think that that's going to be something that we continue to see. Um, with, you know, um, we, we were talking about it the other day too. Um, oh, your boy, Oscar Sheboy. Huge part of why he went back to Kentucky. So, um, I, what what do you hear from from people in, in the industry when you talk to people about college athletes and NIL? And and I know that you talk to a number of people, but Oscar Sheboy, Hunter Dickinson, two basketball guys, premier programs, elite programs, top notch NBA prospects that chose to spurn the NBA for at least one more year or so. And to return to their respective schools, but do you? I think it's going to continue to be a thing and, and get bigger. But do you anticipate that as well?
2: Yeah, definitely. Especially on the hardwood. Um, with football, it's kind of more definitive um, as a draft prospect. I mean, we mentioned the guys like Chance Campbell. Um, I too think more than likely he's he's mid to late sixth uh, or later. But Good Morning Football is very high on chance Campbell in particular, Peter Schrager, just like loves chance Campbell. Um, He thinks that he is a fourth round prospect, but I think more than likely, and I think Peter Schrager would agree. um, He's either getting drafted late sixth or later. Um, But with, with, with that being said, you know, a guy like chance Campbell who is that kind of in between prospect where he could have stayed another year and maybe improved his draft stock to become a a third or a fourth round guy or even you know first or second round guy if he had an unbelievable year this fall um in football there is kind of less of a of an unknown if you will most of these guys that are declaring for the NFL draft even if they are a guy like Chance Campbell, who is kind of on that border, expects to hear their name called. In basketball, there you know, a, there's a bigger gap between a really phenomenal college basketball talent and how that translates to the NBA. So a guy like Hunter Dickinson, a guy like Oscar Shewe they're both really, really good college basketball players. And this isn't to say that they're not going to go on to the next level and become, you know, their full potential and blossom into a superstar in the NBA. But it's much harder for that to happen than in football to where there are seven rounds rather than two. And you kind of know where you sit. A guy like Chance Campbell knows that He is hoping to get drafted, but he knows he's not going to be a first or a second round guy in basketball. Guys like Oscar Shibwe could be drafted as high as number one overall or as late as you know the back half of the draft. So, when you look at that kind of uncertainty, particularly in basketball, a guy like Oscar Shibwe. Is expected to earn about two mil, perhaps even closer to 2.5 next season alone to stay at Kentucky. That compared to the back end of the first round of the NBA draft, that first year salary, he's gonna be making more next year to play at Kentucky than he would be as a rookie in the NBA. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So when you can sit back and say I mean God forbid, an injury or something catastrophic, Oscar Chibwe's draft stock more or less won't change all that much over the course of the next year. Everybody knows the player he is. And while he could improve upon it, what is there to improve upon, really? I mean, he was was the nation's best player. Um, So you know what you're getting from him. And barring an unforeseen circumstance, he's going to get drafted kind of in the same range—not this NBA draft, but the next NBA draft after making two million already. So it's a there's no it's almost a no. I mean, at least on my end, it's a no brainer. Go back, finish your degree now, because a lot of these NBA players eventually go back and get their degree. She um, way I believe will be able to do so by the end of next year. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I believe so. He'll finish his degree. He'll get paid $2 million to do so. And then he'll be able to go get that NBA salary that he was already expecting to get this year, next year. Same with Hunter Dickinson. It's the same situation. I wish more of these NIL numbers would be made public um, I think a lot of schools are choosing to keep things private because a they're trying to avoid any scrutiny, um, like Miami and and Texas A and M and these schools that you know are in the headlines with NIL they they would prefer to just kind of lay low under the radar. But then also, the more that these numbers become public, the more inflated the market becomes. Um, and we're already seeing that. I mean, we're seeing that now. We now know that the the going price for a five star quarterback is $8 million. So when players like Hunter Dickinson, like Oscar Shibway, like Deshaun Ruffin and Matthew Morell are considering other opportunities, whether that be the NBA or whether that be a guy like Morell, who's, I mean, we don't know for certain that he was being tampered with, but like we know that he was being tampered with. Um, when he can sit back and say, okay, you know, his goal more than likely is to go to the NBA after next season, if he can ball out. So he can sit back and look at that 30,000 foot view and think to himself, okay, I can either stay at Ole Miss and try to ball out as kind of this like lone, not lone superstar, but the top guy and just really stand out at Ole Miss or I can go to a program like Kansas State, Maryland, Michigan, wherever it was that he was considering a transfer. He would have been doing the same thing there more or less, trying to build his draft stock. And sure, maybe other programs might have offered him more opportunity to like go further in the NBA tournament or the NCAA tournament, all that stuff. But when your goal is to go to the NBA, and you can do so at a school like Ole Miss or another program. God, my dogs. He's um, getting riled up. Yeah, he's got something going on over there. The point <laughs> is, there's money to be made at Ole Miss, where there would at other programs as well. So why not just stay where you are in a place that you're comfortable?
3: Yeah, I mean, looking at the grade for Chance Campbell, I see a priority free agent grade. and. I mean, you can make an argument both ways. You can make the argument for returning, getting something going with NIL, building off of a season where you led the team in tackles with 109, you had 12 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, three forced fumbles, two passes defended. I mean, the guy was all over the place. Um, And, you know, in 2020 was an honorable mention, all Big Ten selection led Maryland in tackles as well um so on one hand it's like okay what else does he have to prove can he can he do better than 109 tackles and 12 and a half tackles for loss and six sacks can he do better than that um or is this a hey my stock is as high as it's ever going to be don't want to risk coming back flopping getting hurt right um you know Having something that scouts see that they're like, okay, we didn't see that in 2021. Now we're seeing it a lot more in 2022. I get it. I get leaving, and you know, he's he's. I think he's almost 23 years old. He's already got his degree in finance. Like he's, you know, if the NFL doesn't work out, I think Chance Campbell is going to be fine, and he will uh, join the world of finance and will do big things. But you know, Ole Miss fans. Probably would have preferred for him to come back and to be that leader in the middle of the defense, to be the vocal guy that they need on the field. You know, all the you know the cliches. You know, the coach, the coach on the field and calling plays and knowing the defense, being able to help the younger guys and all that. I also think that the biggest part of this was was DJ Durkin, yep, leaving to go to Texas A&M. I mean, DJ Durkin was probably most likely, definitely, solely responsible for Chance Campbell coming to Ole Miss. Him leaving, I think, was kind of the the final nail in the coffin for that decision for him to leave. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I do think that this is going to be something that plays into people's decisions from now on. Yeah, I I can roll the dice. I can try to go to the draft. I can try to go pro. Or bet on myself, pull my chips back, if you will, Stuff some in my pocket, cash out, and see what happens in a year. Now, Chance Campbell, obviously, we're talking him because he went to Ole Miss. But you look at some of the other guys, and we mentioned, to, you know, the other Ole Miss guys. You know, looking at basketball, and they were not going to go pro. I mean, they're too young, but um, you know, a guy like Matthew Morrell could have gone somewhere else, could have transferred, wanted to go to another program, a little bit more solid footing. You know, I, there's no way around it. Kermit Davis and his staff are are, are absolutely on the hot seat.
2: It's a win um, or you're gone season for
3: Kermit Davis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's staff. it's have to make the NCAA tournament, and I, I'm of the opinion you got to make the NCAA tournament. And you got to win a game. Yep. I don't. I don't know if getting to the first four is going to be enough for Keith Carter to say, "Okay, you guys figured it out, we're good." I think they're going to have to really have a big turnaround, and that's going to be hard to do. And it's not just because of you know this isn't just a Kermit Davis Ole Miss basketball bass session. I mean, the conference as a whole has gotten so much better over the last three to four years. I mean, even if Ole Miss was on solid footing and they weren't on the hot seat, it's still going to be hard to win. Because you look at, you know, Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama. um, I mean, Kentucky's always there. And then, you know, there've been some some good additions to the conference. Um, I think – I think Todd Golden at Florida's is maybe not next year immediately, but he's going to do big things. I'm a big fan of Todd Golden and what he did at San Francisco. And I think he's going to be able to recruit and, and coach them up in Gainesville. But it's, again, I think it's going back to the, you know, how willing are these 20, 21 year olds willing to bet on themselves and to, you know, take the risk of not leaping for the next level at, at their first chance. So and, I think NIL is just, depending on where you're at, I mean, Kentucky's obviously got it figured out. They've got it rolling in football and basketball. They've got, I mean, before the season even started, you know, a guy like Ty Ty Washington had like something crazy, like 14 different NIL deals. Um, you know, Oscar Sheboy came back because of NIL. I, I, I I haven't seen it. Maybe you have, cause you, cause you love the guy. Maybe he's come out and said that that was the reason why, but I mean, Hunter Dickinson just point blank said it. Yeah, he did. I came, <laughs> I came back because of NIL. Um, so I, I think you're going to, and look, I mean, it's above board now. Like it's fine. I mean, there are college football coaches that still say like, we don't know what we can and what we can't do, but you know, the old saying it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. And I think that that's what NIL is. So um It's going to continue to be a trend and it's going to continue to be a thing more and more with, you know, people playing fast and loose with it. Cause I mean, I don't think those coaches are lying. I I think they legitimately don't know what they can and can't do. So I think you're going to continue to see more players that are fringe, you know, talking NFL draft, you know, fringe three, four, five round guys that are going to, Hey, you know what? Like I like where I'm at. I like the coaches. Love the town, love the school, you know, whatever. But they're, you know, hey, I, I, I'll bet on myself. I believe, you know, these are these are all confident student athletes. These are all confident players. I mean, we talk about it all the time with 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 high school prospects, football especially. You know, talking quarterbacks. You know, we said it the other day. Marcel Reed being committed is not going to change how Jane Rashada views himself as a player and if he can contribute and compete for a starting job at Ole Miss. And he backs it up in an interview with 247 Sports where he said, you know, hey, I knew Marcel was going to commit. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, I like him. He's cool, dude. I'd love to to go to Ole Miss and compete against him. Like that type of stuff is never going to go away. Like talented guys are confident. So more times than not, you're not going to especially quarterback, I I think. And not that other positions aren't confident, but somebody like that. I mean, with the transfer portal now, like you never know. Like if you like some, if you like the coaching staff, you like the town, you like the school, you like the scheme, you like the conference they're in, the location, whatever. If that, if if that, you know, tickles your fancy, just do it. I mean, Jane Rashad, I could go to Ole Miss. He could go to Miami, you could go anywhere. If it's not panning out, if it's not working. That's fine. Jump in the portal. You get your one-time
2: free deal and go somewhere else. And I think what's interesting is I just looked it up here um, from an article sports illustrated. So these are sports illustrated numbers, but the minimum salary for contracts signed by players drafted in the fourth round in 2021 was about $660,000. Obviously that would be the cost over the course of however many years plus signing bonus, et cetera. But $660,000 is the number we'll go off of. And then it's expected to kind of jump closer to like 750, 800,000 this year and so on and so forth as inflation continues to rise and all of those factors and all that good stuff. But we'll go off the number 660,000. For a player at a college program that is a potential fourth-round pick, depending on the school, obviously at Alabama, a potential fourth-round pick Isn't as big of a deal, but a potential fourth round pick at a school where they're not getting a lot of guys drafted, where they're not getting a lot of first, second, third round picks. $660,000, that money is there. That NIL money, especially in the SEC, especially in power five conferences, you could pay that player who is considering the NFL draft and would be projected in the fourth ish round, you could pay him that $660,000 number to stay at your school to, to continue to play at whatever university, whatever program it is that you want that player to stay. You could reach that $660,000 number. If it or get somewhere close to where that player, then feels like, okay, I'm not missing out on $660,000. You could offer, you know, even just half of that, $330,000. You could say, okay, you know, I'm getting at least like somewhat of a down payment for my NFL career. I can come back for this fourth year of college and hopefully improve my draft stock to above a fourth round draft pick to a first, second, third round guy where you get paid more, you know, obviously as a first, second, third round pick. So you can take that kind of NIL money as almost like a down payment. And I saw something interesting recently where NFL agents are thrilled that NIL exists because they have been bankrolling players. I mean, look at, Reggie Bush, although I I remain adamant that Reggie Bush knew less than his parents did about the communication with an agent. But Reggie Bush got all of those wins vacated, took his Heisman Trophy back because he had an agent with whom he was working with to get to the NFL that was bankrolling he and his family, at least to some extent, throughout college. These agents now in the age of NIL, they don't have to do that. Some of them still are, but they don't have to because their clients are getting money through NIL collectives, through various entities related to NIL. So it's changed the game from an agent perspective as well. And to kind of sum this all up with guys like Matthew Morrell and Deshaun Ruffin, obviously the NBA draft was not in the cards for this year, but... They are now locked in. They are they're staying at Ole Miss. They are, I mean, two. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Matthew Morell is the best recruit in the history of Ole Miss, and you're able to now ensure that he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Having that extra arm and that extra weapon as a university, although obviously the university is not the one paying out these deals, it's the collectives. For which they are associated to a specific university but having that extra arm changes everything and it's going to make for a very interesting i mean this is only the first year of nil we're still in it for another three months Mm -hmm. um it's already changed so much and it's only Mm -hmm. going to continue to do so and i think we're going to continue to see a lot of you know, firsthand instances where players who are considering the NFL draft come back and get more money to play in college. Um, same thing goes for players who are considering leaving. And mm-hmm. it's exactly what NIL was designed to do. Bring guys like Oscar Shibway back. Bring guys like Hunter Dickinson back. Bring guys like Matthew Rell back. So as much as there is that negative side to NIL, it's a really positive thing in a lot of different areas. And we're seeing that unfold at Ole Miss with Matthew Murrell and Deshaun Ruffin.
3: Yeah. I mean, depending on the recruiting service you're looking at, it's, I believe the two highest recruits signed by Ole Miss ever. Yep. Um, I think Reginald Buckner is close or maybe up there. Um, so two of the, we'll say two of the top three. Um I mean, Deshaun Ruffin was the first legitimate McDonald's All-American. I guess if you want, you can count Jalen Kendrick, but he obviously signed with Ole Miss initially, uh, transferred in. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it speaks volumes. I mean, despite the struggles, despite the shaky footing that the the program is on right now with the hot seat and having one of the worst years ever in the history of the program, and they're still able to keep those guys there. I mean, that's huge. I mean, Matthew Merrill awesome. had suitors. Could have gone somewhere, could have left. Um, and then Deshaun Ruffin, a guy who, like I said, I I don't think he ever, ever wavered. But he's this uber-talented guard who can go get points, who can make a difference being a facilitator, a great change of pace guard who can really give you some, some fists off the bounce, but decided to stay and decided to, you know, and look, we can circle back here. It's almost like they're betting on themselves, betting on Ole Miss. They're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick, stick here. We'll stick it out and see it through. And uh, NIL kind of helped push them a little bit towards that move. So, um, all right, as we close here, um, before we take our break and get on over and talk with Thomas Morris of QB country, I do want to ask you, which I don't think we've ever talked about this, but let's say Grayson Weir is a four-star prospect that has NIL interest, but you can also go out and pursue a certain brand or a certain company or a certain, whatever you want to call it. If you had to pick three things that you would pursue for NIL, what would they be?
2: Carhartt, Vans, and Beats by Dre, because I know Beats by Dre is is treating Caleb Williams very nicely out west. Okay, I'm gonna flip the script. What are your three?
3: Uh, first and foremost, I'm gonna go Taco Bell. <laughs> Love that. Um, close second, I'm gonna go Jordan Brand. Gotta get some jump, man. Um, ooh, after that. Um, oh, okay. I'll I'll be I'll be the mid-30s basic guy here and I'll go Lululemon.
2: Yeah. I mean, JR Smith just got that That's sweet sick. deal.
3: Me and J.R. Smith can hang out, play golf, <laughs> wear our Lululemon uh branded apparel that would be free. 99. You can't beat that.
2: Um, I'm, I'm looking around my house for like things I use on the everyday basis. And I think I'm actually going to add a, another one to the mix here. I'm a big candle guy. So I'd be the first, oh, uh, love candles, the, the first college athlete supported by Yankee candle.
3: <laughs> or I was going to say, or <laughs> anth- anthropology
2: yeah, and just, body works. and Something
3: like that. Yeah all right uh we're gonna hit hit the break here um like i said stick around thomas morrison qb country is going to be here to talk all things marcel reed um so thanks to grayson thanks to you hang tight other side of the break we're going to talk marcel reed this podcast is brought to you by lamar yard oxford's indoor outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on south lamar they now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at LamarYard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than Solao in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that and more... The best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. show also brought to you by Memphis restaurateur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and... of the wide plush Zoza fairways and large championship bermuda greens they've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick the driving range and a chipping green to tighten up that short game book a tee time online at OliveBranchGolf.com or give them a call at
0: 662-893-4444 the signs of summer are here freshly mowed grass days in the water at the ballpark
3: And we are now joined by Thomas Morris of QB Country here on Not Committed. Thomas, thanks for making some time for us, man. How are you? I'm doing
1: good, man. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate uh, you having me on, and uh, I'm excited to
3: hop on and and chat a little bit. So we're obviously here uh, talking with you to discuss Marcel Reed, committed to Ole Miss on Monday, Uh, the Montgomery Bell Academy quarterback in Nashville, Tennessee. You coach him. You've been with him. You've seen him throughout this process. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how closely you worked with him through the recruiting process, but you've certainly worked with him and uh, helped him mold his game into uh, becoming an all three consensus four star. But uh, just first and foremost, let's let's get this out of the way. But as a prospect, how do you evaluate grade Marcel Reed's game?
1: Yeah, you know, I think he's somebody that's really interesting. He's, um, you know, he's six two, like one seventy five, and so he has a he has a lot of weight and muscle. He can still put on his frame, um, and he's always been a basketball guy too. And so, you know, I think when you when you when you start looking at Marcel Reed, you, you think, man. He first of all, he, he has one of the highest upside that anybody in this whole entire class. Um, his, his upside and his ceiling is is very very high, and um, he's a guy that's absolutely electric. You know, with the ball in his hand, um, he's one of the twitchiest guys I've ever worked with. Um, just, just, just absolutely, just, just unbelievable side to side. Just, just a quick sudden movement gets the top speed really fast. And then you start thinking about his arm and he's really whippy. Um, You know, he can, he can throw any ball you want, whether it's in the pocket off platform on the run, you know, there's not a throw he can't make and, uh, or, or an angle he can really, he can't throw from he's, he's just pretty phenomenal there. And so, you know, just a really live arm and man, he's, he's one of the, Probably one of the most talented guys I've ever worked with, and so I think you're getting a guy with a really high ceiling. And then once, you know, to come back full circle, once he really can put all his time towards football and just and just ball, uh, man, I think you're going to see a guy that really comes together and is, you know, one of the top guys potentially in the country.
3: It's as we record this. It's Thursday. We're it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Draft starts tonight. One yeah. of the one of the big buzzwords, or I guess the the phrases that people use all the time when talking quarterbacks, is arm talent. Um, yeah, and you've worked with some good ones: AJ McCarron, yeah. Cardell Jones, yeah. Jacob Coker, yeah. Paxton Lynch, yeah. um, Brent Stockstill. Uh, yeah. Where, it, not just those guys that you're not comparing them directly to them, but just yeah. in in terms of arm talent and and arm strength, where does Marcel Reed rank in your opinion? Man, he. I mean. You know, he
1: he has unbelievable arm talent. And so when I say that, I mean, like if you turn on his highlights and you're watching his highlights, one of the first throws you'll see is like a 18-yard comeback from the far hash. And so it's the biggest throw you can probably make in football, and it's perfect. And it's on a line, and it doesn't get higher than, you know, eight or nine feet off the ground. It's just an absolute laser. And honestly, man, there's not a lot of guys in college football they can make that throw. And so, you know, you see the arm talent. Um, it's, it's elite, in my opinion, it's elite. Now, you know, we, we got to, you know, develop him in the sense of, yeah, put more weight on his frame, but you see how strong his arm is right now. at one seventy five. Well, what's he going to be like at 200, 25, you know, extra pounds of muscle. And it's, yeah, I think it's potential to be really scary. Really. He, he's going to be a force man.
3: I was going to ask you about that because as an amateur scout, uh, someone that works in recruiting, looks at film a lot. And, you know, I've I've seen guys in person more and more now as, as my job has, you know, grown with on three and I've had more flexibility to get out and see guys at camps, but looking at his film, for me, the thing that jumps out is his, and you mentioned already, throwing off platform on the run and not just the arm strength and the ability to do it, but to be accurate. Um, yeah. and I don't know, I mean, you're a guy that teaches the position. Yeah. So I I've said, I could be wrong. I feel like that's something that's either impossible to teach or very, yeah. very difficult to do, because I feel like that's something <laughs> yeah. that you either have or you don't.
1: Yeah. And I think you're, you're on it a little bit there. It's, um, you, you know, we can get better at it, but some guys just naturally have it, you know, and, and you, you turn on his tape and, you know he's running all over the place. You know get flashes of, you know Johnny Manziel almost sometimes. And and a guy that really comes to mind when I watch Marcel is like Deshaun Watson. Um, he's just a freak athlete, an unbelievable arm, and can move right. And uh and it's, and so anyway, I think it's just you know you start thinking about comps for Marcel. I think that I think. I think uh, you know Deshaun Watson is probably the closest thing to a comp I, I've seen with them, um, and and so anyway, it's just it's crazy, but yeah, man, he's he, he's got the arm talent, and and like I said, if you spend a little bit of time developing him, him the weight room, it's uh, it's got a potential to be very very elite, especially his off platform stuff. Going back to that, yeah, I mean that's just yeah. stuff he does naturally very well. It's just mm-hmm. he's just he's just an athlete, a, a great athlete, and you know, he, he's, there's not an angle he can't throw from naturally.
3: I was at the announcement on Monday and they had, yeah. uh, his head coach was up there, talked a little bit, but the AD was up there and he said something that, that was pretty, when I heard it, I was like, Oh, okay. Um, you know, he, he mentioned that he had, he'd had worked in athletics and worked in, you know, secondary education for five decades. And wow. he mentioned that. Yeah. And he said that, Marcel Reed was the type of athlete that you only see come around every two or three decades, and yeah. you know, talking you know, Ole Miss, they have a guy that's that's probably going to hear his name called either tonight or tomorrow. And Matt Corral, um, yeah, he he talked a lot about early in his life. He played multiple sports, and I know there a lot of coaches. I believe Lane Kiffin is on the same page here, where they think quarterback, especially playing multiple sports helps you round out as an athlete and Mm -hmm. develops certain skills that translate over into different sports but you know you said already he's, he's a phenomenal basketball player and I think that you see the the lateral movement and the quickness and evading pressure that comes into play when he's you know not only in the pocket and evading the rush but getting outside the pocket and creating plays but it's kind of a you know, I'm answering my own question here, but but how important do you think it is for not just Marcel but other quarterbacks that you coach to to play basketball, to play baseball, to run track, yeah. and all that?
1: Man, I think it's so important um, for their development, and especially, uh, man, like you're putting these pressure situations, you know, and there's there's not many other ways to feel that type of pressure, and and so and whether you're, you know pitching in baseball or you're playing basketball, you know, it's, you, you're putting these situations more. And so I think, you know, the more you do something, the better you'll be. And so I, I think the more you're in those situations, the more, Hey, you got to perform when the lights are on, uh, the better, the better you're going to be to handle that moment. Um, and, and so I think it's just, I think it's the one of the best things you can do. And I've always been an advocate of it is just, man, play as many as you can. And, and, you know, obviously now, does Marcel need to be playing AAU basketball right now? Maybe not, you know, probably not just because he's got such a bright future in football. But but it is something where, man, play basketball, play baseball, run track. Uh, all that's just, just going to help you be a, a better, well, well-rounded quarterback.
3: Talking with Thomas Morris, QB country, Nashville and Memphis. We're going to take our break, hear from the sponsors, but hang tight. We'll be right back with more Marcel Reed. podcast also comes to you thanks to bluff city advisory group memphis's leading team of finance professionals they can provide advanced assistance with financial planning pension and qualified plan support and business and estate planning strategies former Ole Miss rebel and founding partner ben still along with his elite level customer service team make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com podcast brought to you by the Barry home team you're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home, call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them, 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry home team, can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at saddlecreektitle.com or call them 901-753-1600 show brought to you by davis McFord state farm if you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates look no further than davis and his team they're your one-stop shop in alabama arkansas tennessee and mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want so stop looking around give davis a call he is ready to help 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today like a good neighbor state farm is there And we are back here on Not Committed, talking with Thomas Morris of QB Country, discussing almost commitment, Marcel Reed. Thomas, I, I told you before the show that I would get into some some questions. Um yeah. I, I use the term concerns. I don't think they're concerns, but I think it's something where people are trying to figure out why. Um yeah. but, but looking at Marcel Reed's career so far at NBA, um, yeah been playing at the varsity level since he was a freshman. Um but looking at his statistics, I know there were people that were like, Hey, you know, he's only thrown 35 touchdowns in three years. And yeah, you know, like what, what's up with that? And you know, I for me, I haven't physically been there to see them, but looking at film, yeah. my first thought was, well, the kind of a throwback offense to say it's throwback yeah. is, is crazy now. But you know, doing some it's things under center, style, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro more pro style. He's not asked to do a ton. I mean, they're not no. Nah going five wide and telling him to throw it 40 times a game. But my thought was, well, he's just not throwing it a ton. And then also, yeah, you've been a quarterback, you know. I mean, yeah. asking a quarterback to throw on very obvious throwing downs is a little bit more of a challenge. But do you think that that's what it is? Or do you think it's something else?
1: Yeah, I think if you look traditionally at NBA, that's uh, Montgomery Bell Academy they they've always been an old school brand of football. Um, It's an all boys school and it's, um, you know, it's one of the best schools you can go to in the state of Tennessee, but it's, it's just an old school place, man. And uh, they, they've been a play action first run first type of school for forever. And, you know, when Marcel first started there, they were still that brand. And, um, but I think every year they got a little bit more, you know, Hey, we'll start, incorporating a little bit more spread just cuz Marcel's that type of talent. Um now he doesn't have, you know, four-star receivers either running these routes, but they're, you know, they they run good routes and, you know, they're consistent and a good, got good hands and so, you know, I think they're limited probably in what they can do spreading the ball around and then just the the, the division they're in is so tough. Um that they got big guys up front and if you're big and strong and that's how you can win those games, you know, that's how you're going to win those games. If you're, if you're Alabama and you can just line up I formation and, and win games, you know, you don't have to go to the spread. And so they've never really had to go to the spread. Um, but I think every year starting from freshman year with Marcel, they've gone a little bit more, still not throwing it as much as I'd like or Marcel would like probably, but but, you know, it's, um, it is what it is, and it's just something that they've done there at NBA for forever.
3: You mentioned it before we hit the record button, but um, when I talked with Marcel on Monday, he mentioned it. The relationships were a huge part of why he chose Ole Miss, yeah. and yeah. you know he 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 told me that he received the offer last year. He was talking with Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin, and then Jeff Levy mm-hmm. left for Oklahoma, and he said as yeah. soon as. Charlie Weiss Jr., Dane Stevens, Seth Daigie. As soon as they got the job and reported to Oxford to start working, they immediately contacted him. And he said that that was what really stood out to him. But um, have you had a chance to talk to any of the staff members and and, kind of ask them to give their critique or their analysis? Absolutely. And,
1: you know, I've been kind of in close contact with those guys for for the last couple of months really. Um, and man, they, they just, they went hard for, for Marcel and, and man, I, I can't imagine them going as hard with, with many other people as they did with Marcel. They were constantly on them and, um, you know, had a great dialogue with, with Seth and, and Dan and, and those guys. And, and so man, they spent just countless hours and, and just really, they did their own evaluation. You know, I was talking to those guys and, you know, they, they're man, they don't care about the stars. They really don't. They do an evaluation. They look at who, who's the guy who who are the guys that can play here and fit in this offense and, and help us win the big games and help us get over this hump and and maybe get that sec championship that, you know, Ole Miss has been looking for. Um, and so I, I think Marcel's one of those guys and there's, you know, there was a handful of them that they were looking at and he was, he was right there with them um, with all the other, you know, four or five star guys, you know, he's right there. And, you know, I, I, they spent a ton of time on him, And so they are elated, man. They are like, they think this kid is special. And he is.
3: Wrapping up here, talking about Marcel Reed, the on three consensus four star almost commit quarterback from Nashville Uh, I heard another guy that was there at the announcement was, was asking him about preparations for his senior season and, you know, had some runner up appearances or I guess runner up finishes. um, in Division two triple a, but as far as his game, taking the next step for his senior season. um, Yeah. With, without giving away too much. uh, Yeah. For, for the, for the folks from Macaulay and, and Baylor yeah. Academy listening to the show. Um, yeah. What have you been focusing on or what has he come to you? Like, Hey, I need to work on this. Like what, what are the things you are preparing? Um, yeah. For this 2022 season. You know, the, the biggest thing is, man,
1: we wanted people, we wanted people almost to eliminate the dual threat tag. I want people to look at him and say, man, that guy could throw it. I, I don't matter if he's a dual threat guy or a pro style guy. He's unbelievable. Right, and and so that was always my first thing. Is I wanted him to get better in the pocket because I know how good he is outside the pocket, and you can turn on this film and see that he's just an unbelievable talent. Um, but I wanted him to get better moving within the pocket, you know, keeping his base, staying within, um, just kind of that offense, and and not going, you know, off script as as much if possible. And so just kind of really trying to focus on that. Um, we've been really focusing on just little things, you know, that I do with most of my guys, you know, just tightening up the motion and making sure that's, that feels good. And, um, but, but really fo- our focus has been in the pocket and movement within the pocket, um, and just trying to get better there. And so that that's kind of been where the focus has been this off season.
3: All right, Thomas, that'll do it. I uh, appreciate right, the time. I know absolutely you're you're far more busier than me, but but uh, it's a busy oh, shoot, time for man. everyone. Um, no nah,
1: man, I know I know y'all are working hard, man.
3: <laughs> but never, before next, I let recruiting
1: you, never sleeps, you
3: know. Uh, that's right, it never stops. Um, before I let you go, tell the folks listening um, where they can find your stuff and where they can follow yeah. along.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, you know, the, the company is called QB Country and uh, we train guys essentially all across the Southeast from Texas to Florida to Charlotte to Nashville, everywhere in between. And um, yeah, so I run Memphis and Nashville. You can find me on Twitter, QB Country Nashville or Memphis. Find me on Instagram, uh, QB Country Tennessee. I think it's QBC underscore TN. Um, and you can kind of get caught up in everything we're doing. And obviously QBCountry.com or you can see what we're doing as a company.
3: All right. That is Thomas Morris of QB country. Thanks, man. I'm sure we'll talk again soon as uh, fall gets here, but I appreciate it. That's right, Zach. I appreciate you, man. And
1: uh, look forward to catching up with y'all again soon. Thanks, Zach. All
3: right. That's going to do it for not committed. Thanks to you, the listener for tuning in. Thanks to Thomas. Thanks to Grayson for joining. And uh, remember, like subscribe, leave a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like so we can continue to bring you the best and most comprehensive coverage of almost recruiting. So until next Tuesday, that's going to do it.
0: We out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus.